It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go. Uh, live reaction show, Locked On Badgers, your host, Ryan Herrings. We're going to talk about uh, the, the big win against Purdue. Let's give Jim Leonard a 10-year contract. Lock it up. On Locked On Badgers, let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, uh, your team every single day. Uh, again, live reaction show, therapy show. We're talking Purdue. Uh, big win for Jim Leonard, Wisconsin, homecoming weekend in a game they, quite frankly, dominated. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And we're going to get right into it. Um, let's get uh, Justin on the show. And then I, Adam, Rajiv, Mark, uh, a couple I see Cincy Badger in the queue, a bunch of people in the queue. Leave your comments in the comment section. We're going to get to them, as always. Um, I want to start here really quick because I, I have a quick rant that I want to start with. Yo, ESPN, you can – listen, I welcome our new CBS overlords for the Big Ten. Yep. First of all, I don't need to see SMU Cincinnati kneeling down for a minute and a half while there's a real Big Ten game going on. I'm sorry. Screw off with that. And – if you're going to put it on an app, get your app running. For Pete's yeah. sake, it's 2022. I can live stream cats like running to the refrigerator. If I can't live stream a Wisconsin-Purdue game, I'm sorry. Like The feed a- for this should have been ready 15 minutes before game actually went live. When it got down to five minutes left in, like, say, 225, the feed for the Badger game should have become live. I don't need like, to just, see- just make it live. Like, what does it hurt? It's it's effectively pushing a button on their end, I'm sure, it's, to switch it between where they're putting everything through. That was um, a joke. We, we, Again, were, just, we missed 14 points it, in game. We missed 14 play. points. We missed the greatest five minutes of Badgers yep. 2022 That's football. That's so fitting, isn't it? Right. You know, the most the other part productive of, part of the of the entire team this year. I was losing my mind. I had a computer and a, my phone up trying to get the app to work. I, and again, just low-key, you don't need to watch every second of a game that's over if they're kneeling down and running the clock nobody cares yeah. smu and cincinnati fans don't care it's like so, they anyway. were expecting to be a fumbled snap on the uh kneel down with i don't want to belabor it left yeah like, i don't want to belabor that any more than that but that was so frustrating from my end um all right let's let's talk game we got comments already coming in if you have comments leave them in the in this comment section i uh, really appreciate it uh i see rajiv adam mark jeff all in the queue we're gonna get to everybody um this is a really good game though Justin, like, where, where are you at? Like, overall, like, this is a huge win. Overall, this is a big win for us. Um, I, it was good to see the energy and the gameplay rebound from where it was last week, where it was like, what are we doing? Um, I, I feel like the coaching kind of let them down on the offensive side of the ball last week. Like, I just – it feels like we overthought that one times a million. Like, we're, we're facing off against the worst pass defense in the Big Ten by far, one of the worst in the country – Let's get cute with them, and we'll run the football to keep that defensive line. I feel like you're talking about last week. I am, but what my point was, my point was coming into this week, we rebounded. I know we rebounded this week, and we were aggressive again in the passing game. What happens? We march right down the field and score a touchdown. And what does that do to a defense when that's the way you come at them to start a game? You put them on their heels. 
Now they can't just pin their ears, you know, sit there and start bringing guys on run blitzes and everything else. And they're like, okay, now we have no clue what they're going to do. And if you look at the early part of this game, the first half, Mertz was what, five of five for 80 yards, 81 yards passing on first down? We were really aggressive on first down. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we were really really productive on first down. Why? Because the defense can't sit on him then. And a lot of times they're still sending run blitzers. So if they don't get home, there's not enough guys in coverage. We have guys running wide open, which is why you see Skylar Bell have a big game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and we're speaking of Skylar Bell, this is a great segue. We're going to bring Rajiv on the show. And again, if you're in the queue, hang tight. We get to everybody, I promise. Um, Rajiv called a big game for Skylar Bell. <laughs> Although you also called Purdue uh, winning. I did. I, I did as well. So I did. <laughs> but you called Skylar. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, look, he looked great too. And I, I, t- I wish I would have been able to see the opening touchdown because also I had the same problem. My goodness, but whatever. Um, yeah, really good to see. And that's kind of what we talked about yesterday. Look, a couple of quick things. We were able to get that push offensively in the, in the O-line. The O-line didn't have a great game. They gave up a sack against a three-man rush in the second half. I don't like to see that. But that w- And not only that, they had two free rushers with only yeah. a three-man. I mean, like, what really is bad. going on? But it was good guy. to see the yard, right? I mean, Allen got yards. Grendo got a great touchdown. It was good to see that. And that set up the pass. Love the, you know, the play calling out of the passing was great again. I really like seeing Mertz roll out. You yeah. know, and he's confident. He likes to throw on the run. So now he's rolling out to his right. He's got DK. He's got Bell. He's got option routes. He can read the corner and then make the pass appropriately. And he did that for the touchdown. He did that for a couple other times. So really, really good to see that. Um, the D gave up 17 points. They didn't give up 24. They gave up 17. That's that was the worst refs yeah. I've ever seen ever in a game. Um, but so they, you know, they played better. And, you know, we talked about yesterday, Ryan, if we hold Purdue to in the twenties, that's a great win. That's a great game for us. And we did that. Oh, yeah. so O'Connell really had a terrible see. game. We, yeah. we, he was really frustrated in this game. You could tell three picks could yeah, be a career high. I think on, on picks. Yeah. Um, some of the bad that I thought today, of course, I said, mentioned giving up the sack against three man rush is no good, but man, we got burned on those seam routes all day. All they were just all day seam routes. I'm like, hey, listen, guys, can we can we figure something out? Can we change something? But got to give credit to the cornerbacks compared to what they did against Michigan State. I mean, I thought Alexander Smith had a couple good big plays. Um, I he thought Jay shot a couple big plays. He's clearly the best corner we have. Yeah, it's not. It's really not close. He was yeah. a glove on on uh, was it Johnson? For them jones 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 yes yep he he was all over him like every time he caught the ball it was a tough catch and he was yeah. right on him you know and that and, last and, pass and, interference call was a joke i mean look Agreed. as a defender you have a right to the ball i mean what, mm-hmm. what is when did that stop when did it stop being an open ball for anyone to catch it's not mm-hmm. just for the offensive guy to catch right. come on now i mean that's but silly with these referees like that was the word and you touched on it i want i want to go here really quick and then i want to get to some comments i want to keep all three of you on we're going to bank through some comments and then we're going to go to adam next in the queue adam's a long time uh listener multi-time guest too awesome guy um but i just want to point out the refs robbed the badgers of a great goal line stand goal line stands are like the mm. coolest thing a defense can do right and right. that badgers defense it was yeah it was legitimately tight, not that close. third down stop with turner on the tight end i thought there was no way they were keeping him out of the end zone yeah. And then they stopped him on fourth down. That was an incredible defensive stand. And I, I was tweeting during that, right during that moment, the Badgers defense was playing with so much heart, so much fire. Mm-hmm. And they, Not to they mention got their absolutely coach. robbed. Absolutely freaking robbed on that call. Isn't how how nice did you feel about what, looking over and seeing your coach actually blow up when a bad call yes. is made? Let's he was go. angry. Right. 
I mean, and, and you know what? Let's like, go. it's so many bad calls. Like, I mean, even even on Purdue, like the offensive, the the, the intentional grounding oh, on McConnell. What yeah. the heck was that? Yeah. The horrible. offensive PI was it Eschenbach or Franklin? I don't know which tight end it yeah, was. Yeah, it that was. That. It was offensive pass interference. Well, and and he, at most, you could say he dragged his arm a little bit back through, trying to kind of pick the guy a little bit. But it was though, not really. enough. To, it wasn't enough. Yeah. The con, the con, the contact there was incidental. It's not like but he just stood in the guy's way. The most egregious part about this, and then I want to get to some comments because again, this is another point I don't want to spend a ton of time on. We all agree it was it was horrendous, but the most egregious part of it is things happen quickly. Like I've repped basketball. Like refereeing is actually a hard thing. Yeah. People oh, yeah. really crap on refs, but you can't in any possible scenario go to review and look at that call and still get it wrong. That's that's the egregious how, thing. How about don't call it, and if it's legit, then it's going to get overturned. Either but also but, the, the other thing is oh, they God. said on they said on the broadcast. Well, the booth said they didn't have a clear angle. You had a shot down the line. Yeah. What? Yeah. How, more, how much more of a clear angle do you need in football? It's, it's on crazy. the line. No, that was apps. That's one of the worst calls. And you know uh, Scott, who's on the show a lot, he can't make it tonight, but he he texted me right after. And he's like, "Listen, that call is not going to really end up mattering." But oh my goodness, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's absolutely horrendous. Let's let's bang out some um, comments quick. Definitely want to get to everybody in the comments section. And then we're going to go Adam, Mark, Jeff. I see all you guys in the queue. Um, yeah, let's go Nathan Ruffalo, who, you know, he's been really with us on the show for a long, long time. Torture playing first team all Big Ten football. He looks like Ronnie Lott. Um, I, had a buddy, I had a buddy text me. He, he's become Ronnie Lott. Yeah. Um, he's still – his tackling could be tightened up a little bit, but the guy has a head for the ball. Yeah. There's no doubting that. He just he's very good at getting in places. And like they showed on how he basically set up uh Aiden O'Connell on that play for the second pick. It's like nice. All right, no, that's what that I like was, to see. I will say this really quick on that second pick. The announcers didn't talk about it, but Muma had great pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was one of the few times I thought our inside linebacker blitzes worked. I think I thought for the most part that was kind of useless today, the inside mm-hmm. linebacker blitzes. I my opinion. But on that most one, of our Muma, pressure seemed like line pressure in this one. Muma blew really that one up. O'Connell had to rush, and then to your point, Torchu made a great play. Uh, Nate, it was nice to see the line comment. pressure that we were getting, and I think that the overall aggressiveness that we had on defense really showed. Torchio obviously was was that was a big driver of that, but everyone was everyone was one level forward. They were really pushing mm-hmm. up aggressively, and when you hold Purdue to twenty four slash seventeen points, I mean that's that's impressive. Yeah, and Mitchell Bailako, another person who watches the show a lot. We're not going to talk about officiating anymore. We, we hit on it. But his last point is why I want to put the comment up. Score was not that close. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Like, the score wasn't that close in this game. You had the fumbled punt, um, and then you had that incredibly terrible fourth uh, fourth and goal call. Like, Wisconsin controlled this game. This is not a 35-24 to 24 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, get Adam on the, let's get Adam on the call quick. Adam, what's going on, my man? Thank you for coming on the show again. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so feeling a little, a little better than last week <laughs> at this time. Um, but if we're going to look at this big picture, if you were thinking back on October 3rd, hey, Wisconsin is going to be 2-1, and one, and the loss is a double overtime loss in East Lansing. I think we would all take that, don't you think? With I mean, the trend yeah. transition, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. based yeah. off of how we were playing at that point in time, I think. That's a great sure. point. And I mean, we were just down in the dumps after last week. We were just, just throw it all away, just pack it up, just move on to 2023. I felt the same way, but two and one going into the break here. And I, I think everybody in that program is going to be able to take a deep breath. Okay. What, what's it going to be like moving forward? And man, that energy from Leonard on the sideline was great. 
that should be a fourth down stop. Everybody, it, it was the game was over, but there was still there was still some pride in that Badger defense, yeah. and that that wasn't there in September. It's a great point. It hasn't been there for a while. Adam makes a really good point. I mean, that drive and that defense, we haven't seen that all year. We haven't seen that since, and we're used to seeing that Wisconsin defense just push forward and drive. And it was that fight was there. It was really nice to see. And, and yeah, your comment about Jim Leonard, I love seeing the coach get into it. That is so nice to see. I mean, how many times did we always were we watching a Badger game and we we're saying, Paul Christ, talk to the officials, say right. something, make it happen. So, that stuff see. matters. Like, yeah. What happens is if an official makes a bad call and a and they get called on it by a coach, like they start to worry about getting called on a bad call again by that coach. So they it gets it creeps it's human nature, it creeps into it. Nobody wants to be criticized on a call that is a a, a legitimate mistake. Yeah. So it does mess with you. And no, there's I a think, oh go ahead sorry yeah no go ahead. There's a swagger to this yeah. team. There's a real swagger. I mean, you have. There's not much for, you know, celebrating, but you feel like they know they're better than you. <laughs> and that's the way Wisconsin football should be. Well, the receivers are legit. DK and Bell are both legitimate above or top end <laughs> Big Ten wide receivers. Um, let's let's talk about really quick Bell breaking. He is really uh, underrated in the open field, right? Which is probably oh, yes. why they go to jet sweep action with him a lot. But even just catching the ball. He's very difficult to bring down. Mm-hmm. It's unique because he's not a big dude, but he runs with some anger. He runs with some East Coast toughness. He's a Connecticut mm-hmm. guy like me, so he brings some of that East Coast toughness. Yeah, that must to be it. That, that tough mean <laughs> streets of like Greenwich, Connecticut. I love it. <laughs> but he, listen, Rajiv was right. Like he really, he is difficult to bring down. He, he's explosive. This is a great receiver group by Badger standards. Oh, they both are. I think I I think Bell, his ceiling might be a little higher than DK in terms of because of his explosiveness. I do mm-hmm. think he's more explosive than what DK is. I think you can make the the argument that DK from an all-around tool standpoint might be a little higher, but he doesn't have quite the burst. Um, yeah. We've had games where either one of them are a problem. I mean, in the, even in the Ohio State game, I thought of the two wide receivers that, that Bell was the one that actually showed up more. And that was the thing that we had to attack today with Purdue. We mm-hmm. had to attack their secondary, and we did that really well. And mm-hmm. that's exactly why Bell had a great game. So kudos to them. Well, DK has great hands, too. So yeah. that's probably the thing that separates him. Um, I hey, do have to take a quick break. I have to take a quick break just to get to some of our sponsors. Uh, we're going to get back with a few things. Continue taking people in the, in the, in the queue. we got Mark, Jeff, Chris, TJ, a great lineup of people, as always. A bunch of comments to get to. We're going to try to loop Adam back on if he can stay in. Um, now, I want to talk about a few things that bother me as well about this game. But we're going to take a quick break, come right back on Locked on Badgers. Today's show is brought to you by our friends on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest way to spice up your college football weekend. Um, I've talked about it before. They have awesome player props over under um, number of, of Skyler Bell yards, Graham Mertz passing yards. You can stack up to five players, individual parlays. Mike, who is a friend of the show, been on a couple times in our Discord, is always throwing out what he's playing on Underdog. And again, with Locked On, bad, or with Locked On, you have a great, great offer. We, If you sign up with our um, offer code Locked On, head to um, Underdog Fantasy, sign up with our offer uh, Locked On. We will double your first deposit up to one hundred deposit up to one hundred dollars. Sorry, deposit one hundred dollars, get one hundred dollars for free. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com, find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store, Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Locked On Badgers. I uh, really do appreciate everybody helping making this community so incredible. 
your team every single day. Uh, let's keep going. Let's. I want to get a couple comments out there. I want to start with a couple things that bothered me. Uh, let me know in the comments. One of the things that really bothers me all, and let me know if I'm off base on this, I don't think they use Isaac Randall correctly at all. They just run him up the middle. And the few times they get him on the edge, like that pitch-off tackle in the second half is kind of a, a power sweep. He he needs to be on the edge more. And for yeah. some reason, they just treat him like a power back, and I don't think that's his game. Get cute with your formations with him. Like, do a split backfield. There's there's nothing wrong with putting him and Braylon Allen in the backfield, and then you have the option of running a sweep with, with you know, Garendo off the edge. But I don't understand. Like, I agree with you that we, if you're going to use him, you want to get him to the outside. You want to get him in space. I don't think he's great at running up the middle. He's not a guy who pushes the pile, you know, great for a guy to his size. Um, he runs a little upright. He does. And that's nothing wrong with that. Um, it just means that he's not a guy you want to really bang between the tackles. But if he hits a seam, he's gone. Like, there's nobody – legitimately, there's probably five players in in the Big Ten that can run with him. He's a, he's a track horse. He's not mm-hmm. a, a snowplow, right? Mm-hmm. Like, get him, get him on the edges. I – it's always surprised me how they use him, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, Mark, I want to I jump to you. You've been in the queue for a while. Then Jeff, Chris, TJ, we're going to get to everybody, plus a bunch of comments. Uh, Mark, if you're there, we'll love to hear your thoughts on the game. It looks like you're muted. I'm, I'm on. Nice. I love it. What's going on, my man? I had a great game today. Over my like, offense and defense. I think that as far as Isaac Rundle, I think they should use more in the passing game and like screens or more like real routes maybe too, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I wouldn't hate having him being on drag routes across the the formation because if he gets a a step on somebody, nobody's catching him from behind. I agree. Yes, and I think we should need. I think we need more sacks too from our defense. I feel like just get more sacks. Hopefully, yeah, I was going to see the pressure up front yeah. though. I think we it was nice to see that we haven't had that in a few games, and to really see those that front four, front three getting pressure it was really nice. And and I mean that's what's going to allow our defense to get that aggressive. From behind, mm-hmm. I legitimately think that we're we're your way on the defensive side of the ball from seeing a lot of these plays pay pay off. We have a lot of youth, so there is something to look forward to next year. But I think that a lot of these guys developmentally just aren't quite there yet, and that's why we're seeing a lot of these situations where we're, we don't have pressure or guys are a step late. Um, a lot of these guys are getting first time reps. They'll get better at it. Their technique will get cleaner, and we should. Next year should be a very deep defense because we're we're shuffling through a lot of bodies this year. It's it's yeah, true, I can, but I feel I like we're not seeing. Oh, Mark, sorry. I, I was just going to say it feels like we're not seeing a lot of those young players take big steps up. Um, no, obviously, Nick Hurley was to, to Mark's point, and I agree that the pressure wasn't, especially in the first half. I think the pressure wasn't there on O'Connell, but we didn't have Herbig, um, which obviously makes a big deal for this defense. Yeah. That's something we can get into. Um, Mark, what, what were your thoughts on Graham Mertz today, man? What did you think of the passing game? I think he had a great game, and hopefully he can keep it up and just keep keep turnovers. Uh, hopefully at zero. That's yeah, what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I thought he was really clean. Uh, it, there's a few plays he makes. By the way, Mertz has underrated mobility in the pocket. You know, yeah, like he's able to escape well. pressure and and find some things. That little uh, shovel pass by mm-hmm. Farvish to Braylon Allen while he was mm-hmm. scrambling, I thought was really impressive. I, I wish he would have ate it when he tried to pitch it to Isaac Rendo. Like, I think that's a pretty high risk. It benefited us, but yeah, it's it's not something I want to see him doing. Yeah. Um, Mark, thank you for calling in, man. Um, Definitely appreciate it. Please continue doing it. I love that you're supporting the show. Thank you. 
All right, we're going to keep going. Speaking of a couple of comments, uh, thank you, Mark. And then we got Chris and TJ coming up. But let's hit a few more comments because we got a bunch of people. You know, um, let's see. We'll this make is the correction Michael first. So Skylar, Skylar Bell's from the Bronx. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my bad. I thought he was from Connecticut. One of your commenters. Nope. Oh, Bronx, New York. My bad. Still East Coast, though. Right? Yeah. That's still East Coast. Uh, Michael yeah, it's Lawson. a little tougher in the Bronx than it is. Uh, great game. A little dull in the, the second quarter for offense, but the defense held their own. This is something I want to bring up, not just because of the second quarter. And, Mike, thanks for the comment, man. Uh, Justin, you had, you had a question. Are you kind of had a concern about how we ran the offense down the stretch? I felt like we were kind of all over the place with the offense in this game. Uh, I, I think we got up we got up plenty, and it seems like we, we kind of stagnated in the second quarter, which was fine in a game like this where we got up. But we, we need to still be effective with what we're doing. We didn't have really many drives in this game after the first quarter that were long drives that actually, you know, where we, we were consistent or efficient or able to execute. Um, if you look at it in the second half, our scoring consisted of a 14-yard touchdown run by Braylon Allen off a turnover and then a 54-yard run by uh, Isaac Grendel. Bar that, we really didn't have a drive that ended up in it with anything. Virginia, I you mean, think? I would say that I I can I, I totally hear what Justin's saying. I can live with the conservativeness in the second half a little bit if it was intentionally conservative, which don't really know if it was yeah. or if they were just you know. But because when you're up that you're up big in the first half, you're playing it. You know, you've got a lot of games left. We don't want to put how much more do we really want to put on film? I'm okay with being conservative as long as it's intentional and as long as when we need to be able to open it up, we can. I do see your point. I was thinking about it after you first mentioned it, and I think you're right. But I. Honestly, I was okay with it. I did. I wasn't really bothered by it too much. I think what we saw today, part of it, a big part of it, quite honestly, was we had kind of a Jekyll and Hyde offensive line day today where we have certain plays like Garendo's touchdown run, which is like, wow, that was incredible. Where has that blocking been all day? Followed by, as we talked earlier offline, a three-man down line gets a – has two guys break through and sack Mertz on a play. Yeah, that felt like just miscommunication, right? Like it, some of this feels like the offensive line. I'm not trying to make excuses, but you have a uh, an offensive line that's just been hurt and banged up so much this year. They've shuffled people around. Purdue just got him with a stunt. Garendo ran into a block. It just felt like a. It wasn't good. Obviously. I don't. I don't disagree. It's but that's but that's the been the issue all season. It's yep. been the 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 lack of consistency with the offensive line. Like that's what's keeping this offense from just being a chugging machine. Because quite honestly, I think the passing game, for the most part this year, has been pretty darn good. And you look at it, right now, Graham Mertz has 17 touchdown passes and six picks. You want to know who was second behind him in the in the conference for touchdown passes? That guy that threw three picks today. O'Connell, yeah. He had 14. Yeah. You, you could argue Mertz has been the best player offensively this year, which is wild. Um, let's get to some more comments quick, because I definitely want to continue banging out comments Let's see. Um, Coldstone has a couple comments here, which uh, he's listened to the show a lot. Really appreciate it. I thought the run game really opened everything up today. And then he had a second comment. Uh, did Braylon Allen put his foot in the dirt enough for you today, Ryan? I thought he was more decisive. Like we've talked about Braylon Allen. Oh, he Allen was most definitely was. Dancing. I thought from the jump he put, he was more decisive today. It was clearly something that came up in discussions after last week's game. Um, and, and and that change was made, which which is really good to see. And And obviously a lot of his success was line play as well. They played better. I agree. Not consistent enough, but 
consistently getting a little bit better. That's kind of what I see with the line. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, I mean, I thought he, he he was really aggressive and he put his foot in the ground and he knows he can do that and he ran well and it showed. So yeah, good comment by Coldstone. Well, how many how many carries today did he have that were under three yards? Like we ever two or three? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, we averaged six point one today. I, I mean, that is bolstered by a couple big runs, the Grendel run. But I I just sometimes it's just a decisiveness thing. Like you know, I thought you could tell that he was throwing his shoulder a little bit more. Um, he looked like he was getting four or five yards on mm-hmm. most of his runs. So I agree. it was he didn't have, he didn't he broke off the one big one. But he consistently seemed to be getting push versus some of the other games where it's like he would dance and then people would he wouldn't be able to get the shoulder down and then they gang tackle him. Mm. Like he'd have three people hit him at once and he'd go down. All right, let's get Chris on the show here. Uh Chris, what's going on, my man? Thank you for calling in. Hey guys. Um got to watch the game today for you know, didn't get to go to Camp Randall, but uh, was down at the terrace this morning into the early afternoon then uh, switched over to the Rathskeller with other Badger fans, watched a great victory um, for the Badgers today. I think that, um, you know, I, I listened to the pregame or the preview show yesterday and, um, you know, you called it. I mean, I think going into that, I was thinking that the, what really mattered was winning at Minnesota or winning against Minnesota here at home. I, I was, that's how I felt about it. But I think the case you made, yesterday about this game being really critical was really spot on. You convinced me of that. And <clears throat> I think this is one we're going to circle um, in the, the Jim Leonard era here at Wisconsin, which I think really begins in earnest with this win today. Um, you know, I guess that's where I'll leave it. Uh, there's, you know, small things you could talk about getting behind the sticks where the penalties continues to kill us. This could have been a much bigger win. Had those types of things not happened, obviously the officiating call, but overall just got to be really thankful for a, a big win like this going into the bye week. And, you know, everything else looks very winnable from here on out. So I, I think, it, I think as you said yesterday, this sets the table for success to finish out this season. No, I, I appreciate it, man. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, that this game was very important to this season. Like, I, I don't know what it means in the grand scheme of, of Leonard overall. Probably is a, is a big deal in terms of him getting the job. And the reason I say that is because if we lose this game, it it starts to look – you have to look at the season and say, if they lose today, it's very easy for things to go downhill in a hurry with this team. They needed to win today to kind of to kind of catapult things into like okay, we we are working towards that bowl game now. We're, we're in a much better situation of, of where we need to go. So this is a big one. It's one of our last you know home games of the year. They had to get this one. It's also yeah. probably I, I think you can make the argument the two scariest games that we probably have. I mean, Iowa's defense scares me. Obviously, I would, I would say it's Iowa because it's Kinnick and it's their defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The defense. I'm not a scared. I'm not scared of their offense. Like we may lose the Iowa. You know, it might be ten, three to ten zero. to seven, nine to six, yeah. <laughs> ten to no, seven. No, no, because their defense Iowa, scores. Their defense is going to score a touchdown on us. I was going to say with Iowa be four to zero. They'll have two yeah. safeties. You know, but <laughs> no. I, I, first of all, yeah, Chris, man, thanks for calling in. I agree. Like I know. Well, you're agreeing with me, so I agree with you agreeing with me. I guess is a, a silly thing <laughs> for me to say. But just going into the bye, this also, by the way, this wasn't a game where they limped to victory, if you could. Like, this is like a statement to me. I think you yeah. go into the bye now, if you're the Badgers, if you're a Badger fan, or if you're a player in that locker room, 
And you just made kind of a statement like, listen, we're kind of back now. All right, we're not all the way there. We're not going to have the season we wanted to have, but we just pumped a, a team that won four straight. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about the effort here. Yeah, we, we talked yesterday about the fork in the road that this game represented, and that's exactly we're, we're we took the right turn, you know. And if we can keep up with this, it just brings a lot of momentum into the end of the season, makes us bowl eligible eventually, and then that's the kind of energy we can take into next season as well. They need those practices with this team. Yeah, they need the 15 practices to get ready for next year. I don't care what the bowl game is, um, but I do think that this is honestly this is a a showcase season for the Badgers. Yeah. Jim Leonard gets the opportunity to showcase the remainder of the year what Wisconsin football can be based off of what he has in-house right now, which is why when I, when I get frustrated with the offense and stuff like that, I look at it and I'm like, you're a lame duck coach right now. You need to do anything you can to make this this team look as you know promising as possible moving forward for recruits. Because regardless of picking up more guys the remainder of the season, you also have to hold on to the guys you have. And I think be a battle for the, someone. Yes. Yeah. Tretch is in, in Oregon this week. I'd love nothing more than to watch, than have him watch us and be like, hey, they're going for 250-plus every week in the passing game. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Chris, I'm going to get uh, TJ on the call next. Thank you so much for dialing in, man. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, you too. All right, TJ, we're going to get uh, been on, I think, just about every reaction show now. And I get tons of good feedback when TJ comes on. People really enjoy it. Uh, also, really quick, Zach Bartz, who has commented a lot on these shows, says the same kind of thing that Chris was just saying. You know, great start, to, or basically a great way to build momentum going into the bye. Totally agree, Zach. Um, all right, let's get TJ on the show. TJ, my man, we feeling better today? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, because Purdue, I think they're, you know, I think they're pretty good. Uh, defense play well. Um, I think it really showed that we were really missing Smith. And Clark in that back end, uh, they played well today. And offensively, we played well. Uh, the wide receivers showed up. And offensive line was much better today, even though they had, you know, penalties. But overall, they were better. And uh, I think we, we should really move forward now. And uh, I start, I'm thinking we're starting to see, like, how how things are like with Paul and Chris, we kind of got the samples like the uh the floor and the ceiling. And so now I think we're we're sort of going with Leonard, like, okay, this is, we know what we can be if we don't play well. And that's I think what was last week. But if we really play well, we know what we can be also. Mm. And we're seeing these dominant wins now. Yeah, I, I feel that's a really interesting view. Um, I I kind of look at this team, and I don't quite know what we're going to see on the offensive side of the football going forward. I, I'm very curious in the offseason to find out if Bobby Ingram is going to be retained, and if if not, what, what the thought process is going forward, forward off of Bobby. You know, do we have a change in philosophy in terms of is, is it going to be more of like a – 
a power spread offense or what i i think we're going to still stay run game but it will be very interesting to see what we choose to do going forward and what leonard legitimately thinks of engram as an offensive coordinator that's a big question yeah it is rajiv i want to kick it to you um because i think you know uh, tj brings up a really good point leonard's had three games two of them were kind of statement wins like i think tj's point was we've seen the ceiling raise a little bit here Mm -hmm. because i don't listen i'm not trying to dance i've said it before i'm not i never tried to dance on paul chris grave but we aren't dropping 35 on Purdue with Paul Christ. We aren't blowing out Northwestern with Paul Christ this year. Yeah, you know, when we talked about this, you know, after the after the firing, it's it's that change in mentality that we're seeing here now, right? I mean, and that's that's what Badger fans have been desperate for is a little bit of fight, a little bit of action. And, you know, kind of that killer instinct, you know, even today in the discord, there were some discussions about how we need to keep our foot on the gas constantly mm. here. You know, we were, we're up 21, nothing. We need to keep our foot on the gas. And, but, you know, seeing those kind of big statements, obviously it's weird after what happened last week to see what happened mm-hmm. against Michigan state. But yeah, I mean, this is exactly what we need to see every single week. And if you look back, you know, over the last 10, 15 years of Badger football, we've had a lot of those wins where we've come out here and we've dropped 40, 50, 60 on teams that we should beat. And all we want to see is, beat the teams we should be and beat them well. And that's what we saw today. I mean, we talked yesterday about whether or not we should have been favored, and I still think we shouldn't have been. But, hey, listen, clearly we were wrong, and that's okay. And, I mean, the thing is, is that, like, when you – you know, you're going to have those games against the Ohio States that are just unwinnable, right? And that's okay. But when you have the games that you can win, you need to do them with vigor, right? You've got to get after these teams because if you don't, you're going to lose some of these games because there's a lot of good teams in the Big Ten. That's the point I was actually just going to make. This is a game that had all the earmarks of being a game that we're up, say, 24 to, you know, three at the half. And the next, the second half, we pack it in and get super conservative. And this game is tied suddenly at the end on that last touchdown. Or we win 24 to 20, but it's like a nail biter down the edge. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. It's like Purdue has the ball and we have to withstand them pushing it down the field to win. So, yeah, those are the type of games that, putting points on a team avoid like it's not necessarily an offensive philosophy thing it's more of a what is your philosophy in terms of how you handle a team you you beat them until you until it's without a doubt like just get the game over with and then at that point if you're up four touchdowns then you can take your foot off the pedal a little bit tj where are you at on jim leonard now i don't know if i've ever actually asked you that uh i believe that Unless he just just pulls a stinker, you know, in these last couple weeks, I think it's going to be his job. I th- right now, it's his job to lose. And lose by and, 40 to Nebraska. Yeah. That would, that would <laughs> count as a stinker. That, that, that'll cost him. Uh, but, I mean, I think we I think we look way better than the start of the season, which shows that there is definitely a change. Um, I think they should keep Bobby Ingram because – I think it was obvious he was being held back by Paul mm-hmm. Chris. And yeah. uh but one thing for next year that I really do wanna see. Um I like Clundiff, but there I, I just feel like there's need there needs to be like a the next, you know, how we had Ferguson, he was just a beast mm-hmm. in the seams. And we had Fumagali, he was he was really good. I, think I don't know had, if Clundiff's gonna be that, especially those two injuries on his legs. You know, from. yeah. We we um, have a guy, somebody to look forward to at that spot in Jack Pugh. 
is probably the guy that they're going to be looking at. I would assume next year. He was a he's a redshirt freshman this year, but athletically speaking, he he's probably the most athletic tight end we have. Also got injury problems though. Once yeah. again, yeah, for sure. Now, that's a great point. And Tom Nesis, who again supports the show for a long time, um, he's bringing this up. You know, he said before the show, before this game, hey, this is a big test for Coach Jim. See how they would bounce back. They did big feather in the cap for Leonard, and I think that's a key point here. Uh, you know, this is all a big addition for Jim Leonard. And again, you beat a team that is coming in with potentially uh, the Big Ten West. Like they were, Purdue is playing for a lot. Purdue's playing yeah. for way more than we are. Yep. Like this, this game meant a ton to them. They and were tied with Illinois, and they would they would have had to had you have to come. So yeah, we beat them up. Like it looked like we were playing for the Big Ten West. And again, a lot of that goes to coaches. The, the players were ready. They were fired up. Uh, TJ, man, I really appreciate it. I'm going to bang out some comments, but as always, you are always, always most welcome to join in, dude. All right, let's keep going. I want to hit some comments up uh, really quick. Zach Bartz, if we keep Ingram as an offensive coordinator, let him coach tight ends like he did in Baltimore and hire a full-time quarterback coach. May not help Mertz, but could help Bill Burkett. So I wanted to put this up because, and then I want to kick it to you guys and let me know what you guys think in the comment too. Um, This is one of the things I always was frustrated with uh, with Paul Chris, how he never really had an actual quarterbacks coach, you know, like, and I think that really hurt Mertz. I think it's probably hurt the quarterback play in general. And Ingram's not that guy. Ingram's a tight ends receivers coach in Baltimore. I, I, I really agree with this statement. I think you've got to find a way to have more of a quarterback development pipeline on the, on the staff. I, in my opinion, I, if I'm going to be doing that, I want whoever's the offensive coordinator being my quarterback coach. In, in all honesty, I want I want them to be tied together enough that I know that the mindset is the same, and that's why I think it should be the offensive coordinator. So I don't really like the idea of bringing in another voice to put in that quarterback's head that may not always be the same as what the offensive coordinator is looking at. I agree with Justin. I think that the two people that need to be super connected at all times throughout the game, throughout practice, is the quarterback um, and the offensive coordinator. And the, the closer that relationship is, the more successful the quarterback is. So I, I, I 100% agree with that. Um, I think TJ made a comment about how he wants Ingram back next year. I think that's the real question. I mean, do we, do we not? I mean, and it's going to, it's I, I, every game, I'm so, I'm so focused on watching play calling because that's what's getting, you know, we're getting a kind of a look into what this might be next year. And it'll be interesting because slowly but surely, Jim Leonard's philosophies are slowly kind of permeating down into different departments and mm-hmm. the different avenues of the game. And the question is, you know, what does he want? And we've talked about this before. We don't know, but it's going to be really interesting to see the next few weeks, what changes every week, what changes, because that's going to show you what Jim Leonard is doing every single week. Cause as he only focused on the defense first, now he's going to start putting his hands in different things. And that's what I'm really looking for. And then will the offense change much or Will it kind of stay the stay the course that we are on now? Maybe he really likes what Ingram is doing because his handcuffs are off. So that's I think that's the most exciting thing about what we're yeah. what's coming is what we're going to see. Well, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity here for growth yet with Ingram too. Like we need to take into to a account that realistically this is probably like if I was going to say I how I would view him in that first half of the season under Chris, I would give him credit for half a game for each of those games because. He was probably getting to call roughly half of the plays in those games. If not it less. Sounds, yes. So so now these, he's only had three games where effectively, it, you know, he's just doing whatever is the thought in his head, which completely changes, you know, he's going to have some growth from this now that he's seeing what's working, what's not working, why to set up certain things. 
I think we're seeing that he has a pretty good knack for the passing game when he really dives into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the running game, it's hard to tell because we've, we've honestly been all over the place with our offensive line in the run game. And it's hard to sit, pin, pin any of that on the offensive coordinator because it's been consistently subpar. Yep, well, and to, to that point, and I, then we got to take a quick break, and then I want to go through and just finish off with some really good comments in this comment section. I, I definitely want to try to get to everybody. We're going to bring Adam back on to kind of work through some comments. Um, but on that point, I do want to think or just point out that I think, Justin, you're on to, to really something here with, you know, this is not an easy situation for Bobby Ingram either. This is not the situation he came to Wisconsin to, to do, right? He was going to coach under Paul Christ. A lot has been put on his plate very suddenly. And I think at times, certainly I'm probably guilty of this. We expect instant instant responses and instant reaction. When in truth, this is a growing season for him as well. First time offensive coordinator, first time quarterbacks coach. And now suddenly the offensive minded coach that hired you is gone. So maybe we maybe that that Michigan State game is just kind of a learning mulligan. And I thought he did a good job this week getting Mertz, as Rajiv said, out on the edges, you know. So I want to take a quick break, but Justin, I definitely think you're onto something there. Seat Nayag, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Asked, what percentage of Power Five teams do not have a quarterbacks coach? I have no idea. Uh, when I say when I say quarterbacks coach, what I'm really talking about is a guy who has experience coaching quarterbacks, some type of background there, not just like I think Ingram was a good hire, but I was I was almost thinking he would be a tight ends coach, not the yeah. quarterbacks guy. So that's really what I mean. You can give anybody the title of quarterbacks coach, and I'm not saying Ingram's doing a bad job, but I just yeah, I think you got to find someone a little more established there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with a bunch more comments. We're going to bring Adam back on, finish up there. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in today on Locked On Badgers. I right, appreciate everybody tuning in. Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. Uh, again, we have uh, Justin Jolka. We got Rajiv on. We're going to bring Adam back on. Um, and Adam, really quick, wh- where can people find your work? Uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of slowing down. I, I work for a local radio station, so I'm busy with playoffs up here in Minnesota. But you can find me on Twitter, at, at Adam Hefty. I'm pretty easy to find. Okay, perfect. And Rajiv, we talked about yours the other day. Justin, you famously said you don't do a lot on Twitter. So I don't want, to be, I don't want people to think I'm not putting those people out there as well. I just want to give, always give everyone an opportunity to show where people can find them. Um, all right, let's get through some comments here. Finish up there. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in as always. Um, let's see here. This is uh, Matt Ullman. Love the win. This has been the most penalized Badger team I can ever remember. Constantly stalling the offensive drive by getting behind the chains. Uh, Adam, yeah. jump, jump in here. Can you remember a more, I don't want to say undisciplined, but yeah, undisciplined Badgers team? I, I think Wisconsin has built a program on um, disciplined play. And it, it, it's really kind of a little it shocks the system a bit when you see so many badger penalties i thought the first quarter with only that one holding penalty it actually cost or proved costly but um just one holding penalty there in that first quarter we can't expect perfection because this is still a college football team that's kind of what i think of with like mertz mm-hmm. i think we look at it like aaron Rodgers, and it's not going to be like that <laughs> same thing with penalties there's going to be mistakes you know, just as long as there's not too many of them in really dire situations. I, I sort of expect this to be something that we see steadily improving every week under Jim Leonard. And I, it's what I want to see. And I expect it, you know, and I think all fans should, because, you know, we, like Adam said, we've been a team that's never been heavily penalized and we can't continue like this. So if there's improvement, then I think, you know, it'll kind of work itself out uh, as the season progresses. 
And that was one of the things we talked about with Leonard. How do you, how do you prove, how do you, how does he earn the job taking over kind of a broken program? One of the things we talked about is the discipline just has to get better. Yep. The attitude has to get better. Uh, Matt, thank you for the comment. Uh, definitely want to get to a bunch more here. Timothy Palm, uh, Justin, I'm going to kick this to you. Everything I was frustrated about to my TV and dog last week offensively was corrected. Um, and then he goes on to say the refs were betting the DraftKings parlay totally pathetic. <laughs> I agree. There was some shenanigans here. Uh, but, but Justin, uh, offense, we, we talked a little bit. You talked a little bit last week, Michigan State. Again, it just this feels more like the Northwestern game to me. It does. We saw the RPO make a comeback. Uh, interesting, used on a seam route to or, uh, Jalen Franklin. He lives. Getting a play. Yeah, he is a lot. Um, this shows when you get down to the like fifth tight end, um, which to be quite honest, I not to be harsh on him, but Eschenbach's been a little bit of a disappointment for me this season. There's a lot of plays where it's like he just doesn't seem quite linked in with uh, Mertz in terms of what's going on on the field. Um, but, yeah, that was a great catch by Franklin. Um, that was big for me. I think that should be a staple of our offense moving forward. I, You know, I think there's a lot to be used there, especially with our tight end game. There's ways you can kind of use it differently. And it's a very effective play to use against hyper-aggressive defenses. And for whatever reason, we don't like to use that one. Really um, quick. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say really quick. Badger fans in the comments or even the people on the show here, how many people knew instantly that was Jalen Franklin when he caught it? Or did it take you a second? It, it took me a second. when the announcer called him Jalen Franklin. Right. <laughs> like, I was like, who, who is that? Is yeah, that I, remember, I, was like, I, was looking, I was looking at the back of his jersey as quick as I could to yeah. figure out what was going on there. I, was, I knew it was him only, only because I saw him in the huddle, in the camera okay. shot before <laughs> that pass. I'm like, oh, Jalen Franklin's in there. And then it's tossed to him like oh jalen franklin with a catch <laughs> really really quick how funny was it that dan orvlosky was like jalen franklin good player i'm like yeah. bro you've never heard of that too like, stop, <laughs> it. Like, stop it i do love that dan orvlosky called out the refs a lot yeah, which yeah was really I, nice I agree <laughs> i also like the other announcer giving him a hard time about the grateful red oh yeah, yeah. i didn't know they're called grateful red first time in wisconsin <laughs> welcome to the big 10 buddy no i I agree though. It was it was cool that uh the he was definitely critical of the referees at, at points that was warranted because too often referees play our announcers play the the I have to stay in the middle game. No, no, those were terrible calls. He called it out. But let's listen, bro. You you don't know who Jalen Franklin is. I'm not well, even even with penalties that were pro offense, like even the pass interference on I think it was Alexander Smith. I was like that wasn't pass interference. <laughs> Normally those quarterbacks, you know, they're all yeah. He's like, it was I'm not all really over. sure. That's nice. yeah. That's yeah. not really past interference. No. I, I thought he's pretty on point there. Um, Uncultured Barbarian, this team is very Jekyll and Hyde. I like them not falling apart down the stretch and winning the game. I hope JL gets the job full-time. Uncultured, as always, thank you for the comment. And this is kind of what we talked about, uh, Rajiv, you and I, heading into the bye. You know, if, if they had to win this game, otherwise I think this thing could have fallen apart. So yeah. t- talk to me, like, what's your vibe right now? And maybe we'll kind of end on this. I got a bunch more comments, but we're already at 45 minutes, and I know – Getting people to listen for an hour is tough. Um, and I appreciate everyone still in the – we have 94 people watching right now. I really do appreciate it. But maybe I just can kick this around to all of y'all. Let's start with Rajiv. What's your vibe right now? How do you feel about the program's momentum? You know, I feel like I did after the Northwestern win. I'm excited. But I also feel like we it, – it is very Jekyll and Hyde. And so the way I feel about the program is let's get as many wins down the stretch as we can. But let's, more importantly, see improvement, not only in – penalties offensive line play but play calling coaching like let's see improvement holistically around the program and that'll really kind of kickstart us into next year it'll definitely put us in a position where leonard is going to be the guy which i've 
said many times that I want to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I, I would love to have a couple wins in a row, you know, like, so let's have the bye. Let's get, we have, I think it's Maryland at home next, right? If, if I'm not yep. mistaken. We got five Maryland um, at home. Yeah. So then, you know, that's a, that's another on the other side of that bye. What are we going to do? But yeah, I, I want to see the consistency and I want to see the performance. We talked about it yesterday too. It's all about performance as well as results. And, you know, the more we see come out of the people that we have sets us up for future years, Let's become bowl eligible. Let's get those extra practices. Let's have a good bowl game. Finish strongly, and we'll see what next year can bring. But I still have a level of excitement because we have a new coach who I'm now, as I mentioned, slowly kind of seeing things join kind of his touch on the program. So, yeah, it's a lot to be excited about. I'm really looking forward to this, honestly, this bye week because it's the first time the offense actually has some time to do some install if they want to. Um, I know we had the RPO that was added in those games, but it's possible that we're not using it as much as we'd like because there's not a lot of variations that we have. And they want time to, you know, actually and put some more things in there, some more wrinkles into things. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what we see going forward. I actually feel pretty good about the staff. I, I still don't know what's going to happen with the offensive side of the ball. I, I think there's some things there that we see that we look really good one week. And then the next, we're, we're a little off or we'll look really good for parts of a game and, and then be off. You know, the offensive line, I think this next week has to be really drilling the fundamentals with them and being like, hey, we got to clean this stuff up. You guys are leaving way too much yardage on the field with all these penalties. Adam, where are you at with the momentum? Cautiously optimistic. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, cautiously optimistic. And I, I'm with Rajiv with that one as well. Um, I I feel like this is a big spot for the program, obviously. And it's – I like what it's looking like. Um, Jim Leonard really knows like – or really looks like he knows how to command a room. And that's really good seeing from the, you know, from the outside – Paul Chris, you know, great guy, nice guy. I'm sure his, his players respected him, but, you know, Jim Leonard just seems to have a different aura to him. I think that's really well said. I think cautiously optimistic, uh, both kind of you echoing what Rajiv was saying. Justin, you said something kind of similar in a way. I think that's very well said. We've seen three data points, right, from Jim Leonard as a head coach. Two steps forward, one step back. To me, that means you are moving forward, right, by, by definition. So we have to continue seeing it. But what we've seen so far, and I think, Adam, you were the first one to kind of talk about this. If you had said the first three games that Jim Leonard would result in two kind of dominating wins and an overtime loss on the road, I think we would all take that and say, okay, yeah, that, that seems like he's probably riding the ship and we got some wind in our sails. I think that's 100% true. So – I'm very excited about that. Um, I, I want a couple more things really quick that I just want to hit on. I, I don't know what happened. I, I wish I could go back and look. I'll go back and look at it, but I don't think we'll get figure out what the call was. That inside quarterback dive with Graham Mertz in the third quarter. That had to be a miscommunication. It has totally. to be a miscommunication because, listen, if there's, there's any no way we're calling him. With the only quarterback on the roster with any experience, listen. And if you're Graham Mertz, you can't. You you have to be. I'm sorry. You got to be smarter than that. You got to just take a knee. You can't get hit by a linebacker and hurt your ankle, get it wrapped up. We there can just be no unnecessary hits on the quarterback. Is what I'm saying. Because without Mertz, the rest of this year is. I'm sorry, it's toast. No offense to Miles Burkett or or Marshall Howe, the walk-on quarterback. Um, so there was that. That was interesting to me. And then the other thing, TJ mentioned this, and I think, Justin, you mentioned it, but I don't think we really talked about it. Getting Alexander Smith back is like getting, again, the, the, the ace of a pitching staff back. Now it bumps Jay Smith down to your number two pitcher. It bumps Dort down to your number three, Holman to your number four. 
he made such a big difference today against a really good passing team. I, I don't know if we've emphasized that enough. He's really impressive. He was in, effectively in the receiver's jersey, every guy that he was covering. Yeah. Like it was, it was just all over them. I mean, it was so nice to see every time O'Connell released the ball, you just kind of wonder where are we going to be? And the fact that, you know, by the time we, the, the camera panned over, you saw Alexander Smith right up on Jones, either whether it be interfering or not interfering or making a good play. I mean, it was nice to see that. I get this like fear every time I see a long ball, right? That these guys going to be wide open and he wasn't. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we talked a lot about the secondary and how bad they were last week. And obviously having Smith back is huge. And yeah, credit to him. They did a great job out there today. I mean, look, we said it before. I'll say it again. Purdue scored 24 points and really only 17. That's a win. That's a win. Yeah, they dropped 40-something on Nebraska. Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think you you hit the nail on the head with moving everybody down, putting them in a um, in a position to succeed. I think Ricardo, Ricardo Holman has a lot of talent. He's young. He's not ready. Yeah. Yeah. He got beat bad against Michigan State. I was, I put in the Discord that I was hoping he would get another shot at it. Get up, get after it again, because we cannot let him get down on himself and get the yips because he has a lot of talent. And I was hoping he would get another shot. And it looks like he did this week. Yeah. That's a great point. I think we're going to wrap it there. Again, I have a bunch more comments, guys, that I didn't get to, but we're at 52 minutes. And quite frankly, I, Again, it's hard for me to multitask everything. So if you didn't get your comment in, it is probably my fault for starters. Um, it could also be we get a lot of the same com not same, but same variations of comments talking about, you know, Mertz or, or offensive line or penalties. So sometimes I just try to pick one out of that group. So don't feel like I'm trying to um, not put you up here if, if you put your comments in. I do want to uh, say thank you to everybody who made a comment, everyone who's watching the show. Appreciate y'all so much. Everyone who jumped on, Rajiv, Justin, Adam, uh, Mark, Chris, TJ, all y'all guys, I appreciate it so, so much. We're going to keep talking about the Badgers going forward. Probably hit you up tomorrow or the next day on Wisconsin. When you're done here, go check out Locked On Big Ten on the Locked On Podcast Network. Take you all around the Big Ten Network with host Nate Dickinson. He'll let you know about all the rivals we dislike and all the ones we really dislike and everything in between. With that, on Wisconsin, and we'll talk later. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.